New rules are coming to MLB, and we're going to talk about them next. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. If you're new, welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. And thank you for joining us. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm even wearing red for the occasion. Red. I changed my watch band to pink. Do I care about Valentine's Day? Not really. And along with the new rules for baseball that we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about how much we love the Yankees and why we love them so much. That'll be good. So before we get into it, I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Audio. There's so many of them. It's unbelievable. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. I tell you all the time. And if you're a YouTube watcher, you know what to do when you watch. This, if you're not watching, I put my thumbs up. Subscribe, do all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about the new rules. What I'm going to do is actually, Jesse Rogers, I believe, is the one who wrote this article on ESPN and he basically explains everything really well. I know the gist of what's happening with the new rules for baseball, but um, he really explains it well and we're going to do it that way. It's just easier. So no, after he wrote this article, because this article went up yesterday at 9.45 a.m., they announced that the ghost runner will be permanent. If you are a longtime viewer slash listener of Lockdown Yankees, you know how much I detest that rule. The Yankees could go 10-0 and 0 in extra inning games in 2023, and I will still loathe that rule. Now, I get it from the standpoint that no one wants to see, like, the Reds and the Pirates playing an 18-inning game in, like, May. I get that. But how often do extra inning games go that far? I don't know. There are other things you can do, and some of the rules we're going to be talking about are being enforced to help with the pace of play. But I feel like, I don't know. I've said it before. I think the extra inning rule with the runner on second shouldn't start till the 12th inning. If you get to the 12th inning, then you say, all right, let's try and end this already. But the 10th inning, it's the first extra inning. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's, I I don't know. I don't like it. So let's get into this. Let's talk about it. So the Major League Baseball Competition Committee voted to implement the rule changes, and they're starting in spring training this month. Now, one thing that's going to help the Yankees And I said this on a previous show, and we're going to talk more in depth about it when we get into talking about spring training storylines and what to look for in 2023, which will be coming up because we're back to five days a week. We have plenty to talk about. The shift. The elimination of the shift. That is going to help so many people throughout baseball. Joey Gallo is going to be helped a lot. Yes, I know he strikes out a lot, but there are some of his balls that were Some of his hits that were swallowed up by the shift. That's a better phrase. Let's do that. 
Same thing with Anthony Rizzo. Honestly, there were a few Yankees who were affected by the shift, so it'll be very interesting to see. Now, don't expect these guys' batting averages to, you know, go from like 240 to 340. That's not going to happen, but you will see a difference with some of these guys and how they hit. So, pitch clock, the elimination of the shift, bigger bases, and there's a limit to how many times a pitcher can disengage from the rubber. That means different things. We'll get into it. So let's talk about the shift. At the time a pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt or infield grass with two on each side of second base. Players will be able to move as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Originally, infielders who began the game on one side of the field would not be allowed to switch to the other side for the entirety of the game, but that was revised to just each inning, unless there's a mid-inning substitution. So, in other words, a player who starts an inning at first or second base has to remain on that side of the field for the whole inning, but can switch to short or third base the next inning. If there's an injuring, injury mid-inning, then the, the infield can be reset. So, this is how it's going to be enforced. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. And I, I'm thinking about how these rules are going to be implemented and enforced throughout baseball and how many guys are going to have issues with it. Because you've been playing a certain way for so long and yes, you're going to have spring training to get these rules into your head, but you know things are going to get screwed up during the regular season. So if the hitting team reaches base and runners advance on a ball hit under the violation, the game proceeds without penalties. If the play has any other consequence, an out, a sacrifice, etc., the hitting team can decide either to accept that penalty, which would add one ball to the hitter's count, or decline it and the play would stand. So that's interesting. The league-wide batting average in 2022 was 243, the lowest since 1968. I know a lot of you are young, but you know that 1968 is the year of the pitcher when Bob Gibson had like a 1.2, what was it, 1.22 ERA. It's been a while since hitters have not hit a lot. And yeah, so this is what baseball is doing to try and help things. And it says a lack of singles in particular is at the heart of the decline with 2022's rate of 5.33 per team, the third lowest in Major League Baseball history. And the 2021 and 2020 seasons filling the two spots ahead of it on the all-time list. During the first two months of the 2022 season in the minors, the lower levels uh, where the shifts were regulated the batting average on balls in play, BAPIB, BAPIB, wait, okay, they used to yell at me at um, Yankee analysts because I could never say this right. BAPIB, BID, BAPIB. Oh my God, I can't say it. Anyway, you know what I mean. B-A-B-I-P. The average on balls in play, batting average on balls in play, by left-handed hitters rose by eight points. At AAA, where shifts are not banned, it was only up by three points. So... I would say that this helps left-handed hitters more because you saw that shift more than any other shift. And, you know, there were the days when Jason Giambi played for the Yankees and he was pulling the ball constantly. Teams shifted on him, but the shifts have gotten out of control, honestly. And I'm kind of glad, like, I don't know if eliminating it should be the way to go. I always said limiting them maybe to like two an inning or something like that. Because, I mean, teams were doing it all the time. <laughs> And it was getting to the point where you just were like, 
these guys, you know, the, the batters aren't going to adjust. You're not going to see these big boppers try and bunt a ball down the left field line. As much as you would like to see that happen, Jason Giambi accidentally hit a bunt for a double. He kind of, I don't even know if he meant to really bunt it. He kind of like checked his swing and there was a shift on him because it was a game that I was at and he ended up hitting a double because no one was on the left side of the field. And, you know, he runs slow. If he was faster, he probably could have gotten a triple. So left-handed hitters are going to favor this a lot. So the next rule is the pitch clock. We're going to get into it in segment two. But first, looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. Actually, the holidays were a while ago now, but still. We're still fighting that whole, it's winter, you want to eat more kind of thing you all know because we all wear baggier clothes in the winter and you just want to be comfortable so we don't eat as healthy in the winter you got to try built bar with built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you'll have no idea that they're good for you and what makes them so good is that they're covered in 100 real chocolate they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie coconut almond and i don't know how built does it but the bars taste like candy bars And they maintain amazing macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait for a box anymore. We've been telling you for years, literally years, to go to Built.com to get boxes. But now you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section of Walmart. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, Uh, coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in, grab a 13-bar box, try brownie batter or churro, and you can thank me later. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects is hosted by Lindsey Crosby, and he's a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, The pitch clock. This is interesting. Pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 with a runner on base. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. Now, how it will be enforced is interesting. If a pitcher has not started the motion to deliver a pitch before the expiration of the clock, he will be charged with a ball. If the batter delays entering the box, he will be charged with a strike. Each stadium will have two clocks behind home plate on either side of the umpire, while two more will be required in the outfield on either side of the batter's eye. Spring stadiums may only have one clock in the outfield, but will otherwise be fitted to the exact parameters as the MLB ones. Each umpire will be equipped with technology, which will inform them when the pitch clock has expired. And for the first time, interesting, Umpires will also have the ability to speak with each other via communication devices without having to meet in the middle of the infield. So this is what they're trying to change. And believe me, I understand this. The average time of a nine-inning Major League game in 2022 is three hours, four minutes. It's actually a six-minute decline from 2021's all-time high. But the time of game has been rising consistently since first crossing the three-hour mark back in 2014. And Jesse Rogers wrote, while it is not directly correlated, StatCast's pitch tempo tracker showed that 110 pitchers averaged at least 20 seconds per pitch with the bases empty in 2022. 
So what it has meant in the minors, because they've tested out the pitch clock, when stricter pitch clock enforcement based on a 14-second clock with the bases empty and an 18-second clock with the runners on began in the minors earlier in 2022, the results were immediate. Over the first 132 minor league games under these new rules, the average game was 2 hours 39 minutes. That's 20 minutes shorter than the average time of a control set of 300 35 games run without the clock to begin the season because they came in at two hours, 59 minutes and 24 minutes shorter than the average of the 2021 season, which was three hours, three minutes. So all the people who complain about pace of play, that's what the pitch clock is for. So that's why the ghost runner rule drives me crazy because you kind of don't need it. But Because, you know, if the first nine innings are being played in two and a half hours, who cares if the game goes into extra innings? (laughs) There have been mixed reactions to the pitch clock. Like I said, with the shift, more left-handed batters are happy about the shift being eliminated. But veteran relievers are worried about rushing through high leverage situations. But many young players who have spent time in the minors during the past couple of seasons are already used to it. So that'll be good when the new kids come up and start pitching. They're used to having the pitch clock. So the guys who have been around MLB for a while, they're the ones who are going to have trouble with it. But it's going to be interesting to see if something happens with a pitch clock violation late in a game and someone, like it changes a count from, I don't know, like 2-2 or no, from 3-2 to a walk or something like that where it penalizes the pitcher and then maybe someone's on first and they go to second because they have to advance because the runner is advancing to first and then someone hits a single and a game is won. Like, who knows? There could be anything that could happen. It could be crazy. Next rule, pickoffs. This was the disengagement thing that I mentioned in segment one. Pickoffs are one version of a disengagement which consists of any time the pitcher makes a pickoff attempt fakes a pickoff or simply steps off the rubber for any reason as well as when the defense requests time now this is going to (laughs) be this might be bad for the pitchers pitchers are allowed two disengagements per plate appearance without penalty the dis the disengagements rule resets if a runner or runners advance a base within the same plate appearance it'll be enforced by After a third step off, the pitcher will be charged with a balk unless at least one offensive player advances a base or an out is made on the ensuing play after the step off. I already don't understand what a balk is, and I know I'm not the only one. I've been watching baseball for how long now, and I still don't get it. I kind of get it, but I... My brother is an umpire. He umpires baseball and softball, and he tell a balk right away. I can't. Sometimes I think a guy is balking and they're like, no, he's not balking. I'm like, oh, well, then what does it mean? What? I don't. So, whoo, this will be fun. So what they're trying to change is a lack of action on the base paths because basically they really want stolen bases to go up. And that is how the bigger bases come in as well. We'll be talking about that in a second. Stolen bases per team was down to 0.51 per game in 2022. That's down from 0.66 a decade ago, and in the 80s and 90s, stolen base rates hovered around the 0.75 range. So they basically want more stolen bases. They want more action on the base paths. You know, the shift is going to help with getting guys to have more singles, and 
In 2021, when the pickoff rules went into effect in single A and high A, stolen base attempts skyrocketed. Now, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be able to steal a base, but at least the attempts are going up and they're trying to do it. In 2022, as the rules expanded to every league, baseball saw... In 2022, as the rules expanded to every league, baseball saw big gains throughout the minors. So, interesting, yes, but I feel like certain people are going to have issues with it. They're so used to things being a certain way, and as I said with the other rules, the kids who have already experienced the pitch clock will be used to it, but the veterans are going to have an issue with it. So, there's going to be a lot of trial and error and a lot of mistakes being made in the first probably month maybe two of the regular season, because as I said, yes, they're going to test this out in spring training, but if you're programmed to play baseball a certain way and you've been playing it that way for years, it's going to be difficult for you to change things. So so in a moment, we're going to talk about the rest of the rules, and we're going to talk about how much we love the Yankees because it's Valentine's Day and it's all about the love. But first, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Now, I joked on last night's show that now that the Nets are no longer a super team, you should just bet for the uh, or bet on the Knicks against them. And I was right last night. So, hey, next time they play, do it. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about sometimes. I do watch basketball. So anyway, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so bigger bases. The size of the bases will be increased from 15 inches to 18 inches. And there were pictures all over Twitter. Bob Nightingale posted. um, There were a couple of other guys. There was a picture of the old base on top of the, or no, yes, on top of the new base because the new base is bigger. So 15 to 18. The increase in the size of the bases should reduce injuries around them while increasing stolen base attempts. Because again, they want more stolen base attempts. In AAA, the first season of larger bases didn't create much of a change on its own, but in the lower levels, bigger bases combined with the rules about pickoffs saw large increases in steals per nine innings. But MLB, they don't think that the bigger bases combined with the disengagement rules will lead to teams being unable to control the run game. And in the minors, injuries were reduced around the bag after the increase in the size of bases. So that'll be good for teams because I'm always worried when I see guys running through first to try and leg out a single, but I'm always worried about that. But it always seemed like the base is too small. Plus, I always joke about this, but it's true. Guys are getting bigger. Their feet are getting bigger. You know, you see guys regularly like 6'3", 6'4", and you know they got big feet. So (laughs) I think the bigger base thing is probably a better thing for everyone all around. And then the last rule, other than the ghost runner rule, position players pitching. 
Teams will be limited in when they can pitch a position player. The previous rule allowed to use one when up or down by six or more runs. But now they're thinking about tweaking it and making it so the leading team will have to be up by as many as 10 if they want to use a position player. And the trailing team would have to be down by eight or more in order to pitch a position player. The reasoning behind this and why they're trying to change this in this is what Jesse Rogers says. The league and now even the players agree that too many position players are taking the mound over the course of the season. And the players believe it's having an impact on production from offense and then even defensive metrics, which all come into play during arbitration and free agency. Now listen to this number. This is jarring. And when I first read this, I couldn't believe it. In 2017, there were 32 instances of position players pitching in a game. In 2022, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, that number jumped to 132. And it's funny because I mentioned that last year. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show or if I, I may have. I may have been talking with Abby about it or if I had this conversation in real life. But it felt like there were a lot of position players pitching. And now I know I wasn't imagining it. It did happen a lot last year. 132 is a big number. And I know between 2017 and 2022 is five years, but that's a 100. That's a big jump. That is a very big jump. And yet a lot of teams were using position players to pitch. So I'm glad that I was proven right, that I wasn't imagining things for once. So those are the rules. And then, yes, the Ghost Runner is back. That was not included in the article, but you know what it means. The Ghost Runner, the start of every extra inning, second base. And the Ghost Runner doesn't count as an RBI against... It doesn't count... Wait, what does it not count for? It doesn't hurt the pitcher, but it does help the batter driving them in, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, those are going to be the rules. Again, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of trial and error and any of the kids coming up, they'll be used to it, but the veterans are going to have issues with it. So don't be surprised if you see pitch clock violations and even by batters sometimes because they're used to stepping out of the box and doing things. And, you know, like it said, at least when they get up to their home stadiums, and they go on the road in regular Major League Baseball stadiums, they'll have a number of clocks for people to look at, where at the spring training facilities, it might not be as many. So that'll be interesting. So it's Valentine's Day. Let's talk about being Yankee fans and how much we love it. I do love being a Yankee fan. I know it hasn't been that fun recently uh, for us compared to past years, you know, compared to other teams. We've been lucky. You know, they consistently make the playoffs. Sure, they don't make it as far as we want them to. Sure, they were humiliated last year when they were eliminated by the Astros. But at least they made the ALCS and at least they made the playoffs. I mean, some teams haven't even done that in, you know, a really long time. It's okay being a Yankee fan, you know? We complain about too much, really. But no, I love being a Yankee fan. I love my fellow Yankee fans, most of them. And 
I love being at Yankee Stadium and walking around and soaking it all in and just experiencing everything and seeing everyone in their Yankee gear. And it's fun seeing people in Yankee gear in different countries. That's always funny to see when you see pictures of people and you're like, oh, are they wearing a Yankee jersey in the middle of Europe? That's pretty cool. Or a Yankee hat somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, you know, we have things to look forward to. I feel like, you know, we got the news yesterday that Nestor Cortez is injured. That's not fun. So, you know, we don't know how that's going to affect opening day. If it's going to affect opening day, it might. Um, but, you know, if people stay relatively healthy, this could be a good year. You know, last year, yes, we're, we were annoyed with how bad they were in July and August. But they won the division by seven games when people weren't expecting them to win the division. I wasn't expecting them to win the division. I predicted the Blue Jays. <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. Most of us did on the round table, except for Ulysses from Locked on Rays. He picked the Rays and uh, he was way off. No. And, uh, you know, so we could have a fun year to watch. You know, I've said it a couple of weeks ago. Don't expect Aaron Judge to hit 62 home runs again. You know, he might just hit like maybe 40 and that's perfectly fine. As long as he stays healthy, that's fine. You know, there are a bunch of guys, if they stay healthy, you know, it'd be nice. DJ LeMahieu, Giancarlo Stanton. Then you have the guys that we hope will hit the ball in any way. Josh Donaldson, Aaron Hicks. Guys that we hope can play defense, Aaron Hicks. Uh, guys that we hope can step in and play a position if we need them to. Oswald, Oswaldo Cabrera. Uh guys who will be at spring training that we hope put on a good show and maybe make the team. Oswald Peraza. That would be cool. I would love that. You know I would love that. If you've listened to the show, you know that. But yeah, no, I love being a Yankee fan. It's stressful and kind of annoying just because everyone hates us so much, but that's... That's what it's like being a Yankee fan. You just have to accept that no one's going to like you. No one's going to feel bad for you when your team gets swept out of the ALCS. If anything, they're going to make fun of you. And you just have to roll with it. And let them. Let them be that way. It's fine. So to recap, new rules in effect for 2023. Should be interesting to see how the veterans react to them. And if they screw up a, a lot. We might have to do some sort of a counter or something to keep track of how many times they screw it up. Because that would be fun. <laughs> and uh, the Ghost Runner is back. The Manfred Man. People like to call it the Manfred Man. I think that's very funny. And uh, yeah, spring training's basically here. I mean, the guys are there. They're practicing. But it's not official yet. It'll be official in a couple of days. So that is it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to us on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button. Like to like the videos and comment. Please comment. I love when you comment. And click the bell so you know when our videos go live. And thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. 
And now you can make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy your Valentine's Day with your Valentine, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.